Welcome to the A Way to Lose podcast. I am your co-host and Lifestyles Weight Management Specialist, Kim McPherson, along with my co-host, Dr. Wes Ward. This podcast is designed to provide insight into creating a lifestyle change proven to help you lose weight. Throughout this podcast, we will also discuss the different topics within the health and weight loss industry, as well as health conditions related to obesity. Not only will this podcast be informative, I promise you it will also be fun. So stay tuned and thank you for joining us for today's podcast. Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us again for another episode of uh, Way to Lose podcast. Uh, This is Kim McPherson and I have Dr. Wes Ward with me and another exciting episode. We're going to talk about type 2 diabetes. Uh, So we're going to jump right in. Dr. Ward, would you please explain to our audience what is type 2 diabetes? Great, I would be glad to. So this is my area of expertise. Uh, This is my wheelhouse. This is what I love dealing with. So I'm excited that we're talking about this today uh, because it's a big deal. You know, we have over 10 million people in our country with diabetes and another 80 to 90 million that are pre-diabetes. So those are people that are very likely to develop diabetes. So what is type 2 diabetes? Well, type 2 diabetes is where the body becomes resistant to insulin or the pancreas does not produce enough insulin. So to really understand that, we need an understanding of what insulin does and what it is. Insulin is a hormone that is made by the pancreas. And really insulin acts like a key and it opens the door to the cells so that sugar can go from the bloodstream into the cell to be used for fuel. And so in type two diabetes, two things really happen there. The cells become resistant to insulin. So basically the locks to the door to the cell becomes rusty. And that insulin, just that key just can't get that door open. The lock's rusty and it just can't get the door open. So more of that sugar hangs out in the blood instead of getting inside of the cell. So when that happens, the pancreas says, oh, we need more insulin because the pancreas doesn't have a brain. The pancreas doesn't know that the locks are rusty. All the pancreas knows is that the keys can't open the door. So the pancreas's response to that is to make more keys because it thinks that if I make more keys, we can open more doors. Well, unfortunately, that just doesn't work. And so that's where you see that decrease in insulin production by the pancreas. So in reality, these are two things that happen at different times. The locks on the doors to the cells become rusty and they become resistant to the key or the insulin. Then over time, 
because the pancreas is trying to make extra keys. It basically makes all the cells making insulin work harder and it burns out those cells. And so that's where in type two diabetes, you see that decreased production of insulin. But really what happens first is the insulin resistance and because of the pancreas's response to try to fix that, you then see a decreased production of insulin. And really at the time that we diagnose you with diabetes, typically 50 to 70% of the cells in the pancreas responsible for making insulin are no longer working. They're done, they're shut down. Uh, and so that's why you see the ones left are just making less. So that's kind of a easy definition of type two diabetes is you have insulin resistance and then you have this decreased production of insulin. And so you see the sugar in the blood go up. Okay. So with that being said, you, you mentioned people coming in and by the time you diagnose it, you know, there's already um, a, a, a reduction in the production of insulin. And so what are the symptoms of that? Like, so what are people experiencing when they're coming to see you and that's then they get this diagnosis that they have type 2 diabetes? So typically we think of the, um, the diabetes triad, okay? The three most frequent symptoms that people will come in with. And that is an increase in thirst, frequent urination, and increase hunger. Now, they may also come in and say, you know, I've been feeling more tired than normal. Or I've actually lost some weight that I didn't mean to. And the kind of fifth one, sixth one in there is blurred vision. Uh, because the high sugars cause the lens of the eye to swell. And they may think they need new glasses. Another Frequent uh, symptom is they'll notice that they have uh, cuts and sores that are taking a long time to heal. But typically the most, the top three that you'll consistently see are the increased thirst, increased hunger, and frequent urination. And so if you're experiencing any of those three symptoms... Uh, you certainly do need to seek out a healthcare provider to get some lab work done and to check you for diabetes, especially if you have a family history of diabetes and you're having those symptoms because that increases your risk for having type 2 diabetes. Okay, real quick, I wanted to ask you, um, before we get into the treatment of it, I thought of something I wanted to say. What are some things like if you don't go see your doctor and you don't get treated, could you share a little bit about what could happen? Um, what are some things that like, what are, what are some damage that could be done uh, that really needs to be avoided and that they really need to seek treatment so that these things do not happen? So that kind of falls under that uh, category of in healthcare, what we call the complications of type two diabetes. 
And a lot of these people are familiar with uh, amputations, um, blindness, kidney damage. Uh, so what you have to think about is when you have all this extra sugar hanging out in the blood, the way I describe it is all of us as kids probably made Kool-Aid uh, or we, we had sweet tea. And I remember uh, going to my grandmother's house and she would always make unsweet tea and there was sugar on the table and you would put, she had these cool long teaspoons which I thought were awesome. And you would dip sugar out, put it in your tea and stir it up. And the sugar was already cold or the tea was, the tea was already cold and you would stir and stir and stir. And most of that sugar would get stirred up in the tea, but you would always be left with this sugar in the bottom of the cup that didn't get um, dissolved in the tea. And I tell people that's what diabetes is inside the blood is an easy way to think of it is think of it as sugar that's not dissolved that's floating around in the blood and so the reason you end up with kidney disease amputations and those amputations typically are related to blood vessel damage in the extremities and blindness is because that sugar that's extra sugar hanging out in the blood swirls through the bloodstream and it causes damage to the lining of the blood vessels that then make it more likely for you to develop clots and plaques and different things at the site of that injury. And so the reason we see that a lot of the times in the eyes and in the kidneys is because the blood vessels deep inside those organs are really, really small. And so it's easier to cause occlusion and permanent damage that can't be repaired. And so that's why you see people develop blindness, they develop um, uh, amputations, they develop kidney disease. Another really common one is what we call neuropathy. And what happens there is you get damage to the nervous system because out in the body, it's fed by those small blood vessels. So those small blood vessels get damaged and occluded. And then the nerves don't get the blood and oxygen that they need. And so then they die. And that's why you have people with uh, diabetes who develop numbness of their, specifically their feet. It generally starts there, but they'll have numbness of their extremities. And that's what we call neuropathy is it's basically that numbness and damage to the blood vessel. So you see these complications really in the, the same instance, either someone who doesn't treat their diabetes at all, and then someone who doesn't do a good job of controlling their diabetes. So they don't follow up. They don't go see their provider like they should. They don't take their medicine like they should. They don't ever get their blood sugar now where it needs to be. And so their blood sugar remains high. And I really say you, you see that in the same person because I would lump that all into one boat, whether you're not treating it at all or you're not doing a very good job of taking care of it. The result is essentially the same. You're going to develop these complications. Okay. So we've talked about what it is, what are some symptoms, what are 
the ramifications and the fact if you don't get it treated or you don't treat it properly. So what is, what is treatment? What, how is type two diabetes treated? So one of the most important things when it comes to treating type two diabetes is what we refer to in the medical community as lifestyle modifications. And that is basically changing your, your diet, your meal plan and exercising. Now, the greatest percentage of the time when you're newly diagnosed with diabetes and you sit down with your primary care provider and you're talking about this, they're not going to say, well, you know, I I want you to do some lifestyle modifications. And so let's start talking about uh, your your diet and your meal plan and what you're eating and da, 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 da. Unfortunately, there's just not time for that. It just doesn't happen. And what most medical providers end up doing is treating you with medication first. And they'll throw out maybe some little pearls. Well, cut out the carbs, cut out the potatoes, uh, quit drinking soda, and then here, take this pill. And really, when you're looking at treatment of diabetes, one of the most important things that you can do is lifestyle modifications, okay? And to kind of bring this point home a little bit, newly diagnosed with diabetes. So we're talking about you're just freshly diagnosed. We're not talking about somebody who's had it for five years, okay? Changing your meal plan and getting exercise um, can make a fairly dramatic difference in your blood sugars, early on, which can make a huge difference in how your diabetes is going to be treated. So one of the things we check when we're talking about diabetes in terms of lab work is what's called a hemoglobin A1C. And a hemoglobin A1C is basically a three-month average of what your blood sugar has been running over the previous three months. And it's expressed as a percentage, okay? And so we want that A1C typically less than 7% is the number we're kind of going for. So lifestyle, the the research studies that have been done show that lifestyle modifications, changing your meal plan, getting some exercise can make up to a 2% reduction in your hemoglobin A1C. So let's say you go into the doctor and he diagnoses you with diabetes and your hemoglobin A1C is 8.5%. If you follow a diabetes meal plan and you start getting exercise, you could potentially, this is not 100% true, but you can potentially bring your hemoglobin A1C down from 8.5% to 6.5%, but you very easily can bring it down to less than 7% and then never need medication at that point anyway, okay? Uh, so lifestyle modification, diet, exercise is has, can make a tremendous effect in reducing your hemoglobin A1C. Some of the most medications for diabetes, to give you some perspective there, So we said diet and exercise, easy way to call it. 
can reduce your hemoglobin A1C up to 2%. Most diabetes medications are going to reduce your hemoglobin A1C between 0.8 and 1.2%. Okay, so to get the same effect from medication that we can see with lifestyle changes early on in diabetes, you potentially might have to take two separate diabetes medications. Uh, and so it's really, I, I know I still haven't even talked about how is it treated. Well, we have in that we can treat it with lifestyle modifications, diet and exercise, but that's huge. I make, I go through all that to make the point that it is so important and it can make such a huge difference when you're first diagnosed. It's going to make a difference all the time, but it has its most dramatic effect early on. Um, so most providers, like I said, because that takes time, you know, um, one of the things in addition to doing a way to lose that I do is diabetes coaching. And so I do that in one or basically one or two month uh, programs. And the reason for that is because there's just a lot to learn about diabetes and developing a meal plan and doing all that takes time uh, and learning how to do it and how to make it work. And so most providers in the office setting just don't have the time to do that. And so they know they need to get your blood sugars down. So it's easy just to kind of throw out some tidbits, cut out potatoes and uh, pasta and rice, and then take a medication. So typically the, we'll just talk about briefly, we treat diabetes with two different types of medications. You have oral medications that are obviously taken in pill form and then injectables. And those injectables do include like insulin, which now we tend to start a little bit later because we have so many new medications that are so effective and so good at helping reduce your blood sugars. But most people with diabetes, at least early on, end up on a medication called metformin. Metformin works by basically reducing the amount of sugar that the liver is making because it tends to overproduce sugar when you're diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. And it also acts like WD-40 and it sprays the locks of those doors that are rusty so that the insulin, it's easier for the insulin to unlock the door to the cell and put sugar from the blood into the cell. Uh, one of the other and this kind of the last med oral medication we'll talk about is a medication uh, in a class out there that it causes you to basically urinate out extra sugar. Uh, and that's how it works to get rid of sugar. And it's now one of the first two drugs that we typically start you on with diabetes. When we're talking about diabetes, there's actually, and we're not going to go into this, I'll just mention it, there's actually kind of eight different, we call them defects that go on in the body. And that's why there are so many different medications out there for diabetes, because they're all designed to treat a different defect. Now, you know, you don't need all of those. Okay, but it kind of depends on where you are in diabetes and how things are going as 
to you know why a provider might add medication. But eventually with type 2 diabetes, people do end up not producing enough insulin to meet the body's needs. And oftentimes at some point during the life of a person with diabetes, they will end up on insulin. Uh, but like I said, now we tend to do that a little bit later. We're not as quick uh, to jump on that now because we have so many other medications. So really the last thing I'll say about treatment, and hopefully all of that was not too confusing, is again, Diet, exercise, meal planning cannot be overstated how important that is. And really, the better you control your diabetes early on and for the long haul, the less likely it is that you'll need multiple medications. I mean, I've had patients who are on five and six diabetes medications. And I've had patients that have been on one for six or seven years uh, because they're doing a good job. So that meal planning is so important. It's always important. It's going to have its most dramatic effect up front, but it's so important uh, to be doing that and to learn how to do that. One, well, I'd like to add on that. You were talking about the meal planning and lifestyle change and exercise. Um, an interesting fact is as a weight loss coach for a way to lose, I have had a client who was type two diabetes and did our program, which is consistent with a, it's a, you know, a lifestyle change program with a meal plan that's calorie based and an exercise plan and also coaching. Uh, but within 60 days of her being on our program, she dropped her A1C two points. So two percentage points, she dropped her A1C um, doctor, her, her physician was astounded by that, but it goes to show how dramatic and how important incorporating healthy food and, um, exercise into your lifestyle can, can affect your diabetes and keep you off medications, which medications can be expensive. Um, and insurance may not cover medication or you may not have insurance. So to me, it's the best investment, uh, not only for your body, but for this condition. Well, I always tell people the cheapest medication for diabetes is diet and meal planning or, or, or meal planning and exercise, lifestyle modification. Uh, it, it's a whole lot less expensive to do that than it is to take a medication every day. Absolutely. So uh, moving forward with that, because... Um, lifestyle change, diet and exercise can be make a dramatic effect on type diabetes. Is it preventable? If it is preventable, how can you prevent So type it? 2 diabetes is absolutely preventable. And to really understand that, we kind of need to spend just a second talking about, okay, so what are some of the risk factors? Okay. Um, because we, we prevent things from occurring by preventing those risk factors. Okay. So some of the risk factors that we see for type two diabetes, things that increase your risk for developing type two diabetes is being overweight, being inactive, having a family history, uh, having uh, pre-diabetes or having gestational diabetes, which is diabetes that occurs 
just during pregnancy. So absolutely type two diabetes is preventable. And so what are some of the most important things that we can do to prevent type two diabetes? Well, it's, it's address those risk factors. So maintain a healthy weight, okay? Now that doesn't mean that you might have an ideal body weight, right? Few of us do, okay? But that you're not overweight or obese, okay? So, you know, there are a lot of people out there that are overweight and obese who don't have two, type two diabetes, but they are at risk for it. So losing weight is gonna reduce that risk for them. But even if you're healthy, just maintaining a healthy weight reduces the likelihood that you'll ever develop diabetes. Being active, getting regular exercise um, is important just because regular exercise is important in maintaining um, healthy weight. But when I exercise, I'm using up fuel, right? So I'm burning up that sugar, okay? And it helps keep my blood sugar levels where they need to be. It helps me maintain a healthy blood sugar level. Now, obviously, I can't do anything about family history. I can't change that one. Uh, Pre-diabetes, again, left untreated, develops into diabetes. So, again, people with pre-diabetes, lifestyle modification, exercise, some of the same things we talk about. That's the thing about diabetes is I'm just going to tell you, everything circles back uh, to having a healthy weight, eating healthy and getting exercise. And really, if I were to shell it down to the nut, those are the three things I would tell you to do to prevent diabetes, maintain a healthy weight or achieve a healthy weight, uh, have a healthy meal plan and get exercise. And you're going to be in and let's, let's talk good position to prevent diabetes. Well, and let's talk more about weight um, in correlation. What is the correlation to type two type two diabetes? And well, obesity? it's a very strong correlation. Okay, because one of the things we talked about that those that insulin resistance occurs in type two diabetes, the cells become the locks become rusty. So one of the things that obesity does is obesity leads to insulin resistance, okay? Now, are there people with type 2 diabetes who are not obese or overweight? Yes, but in all reality, that's the exception. That's not the general rule. Most people diagnosed with type 2 diabetes are also overweight and obese. And so there's a very strong correlation there between type 2 diabetes and obesity. And so it's important. That's why, again, maintaining that healthy weight is important. But like I said, that obesity leads to insulin resistance, which is really the first defect typically that we see in diabetes. So again, it's, you know, everything with diabetes, I say all the time is a circle and it all comes back to the same thing in that most people who are overweight and obese, obviously they're at risk for developing diabetes, 
But, you know, in my 13 years of clinical practice, I don't think I've ever diagnosed anybody with type 2 diabetes who was at a normal weight. Uh, almost all of them have been obese or overweight. So there's, you know, a strong correlation there between those two things. So we, we talked about how you treat diabetes. How does one manage type 2 diabetes? Well, so the most important thing for the person with diabetes is to take an active role and to take ownership of it um, and to do your part because your primary care provider who may be medically managing your diabetes is, is only a piece of that. They're not the whole part, okay? That's that's about you doing your part and them doing their part so that hopefully that A plus B equals controlled diabetes, okay? So what are the most important things, again, for you to do for you to manage your diabetes? Well, again, it's take ownership, okay? Uh, learn what I need to know about healthy eating, and following a meal plan that is good for diabetes. And here's what I'll tell you is there are a lot of meal plans that you can go Google diabetes meal plans, and you're going to find a lot of cookie cutter meal plans. You're going to find a lot of diets out there that are geared towards diabetes. And what I'm going to tell you is that most of those don't pass the smell test when it all comes down to it. Uh, they, they're, they're not good long-term. They're not healthy long-term, uh, but there's a lot of them out there. And so it can be overwhelming uh, for the person with diabetes to uh, know what should I be eating? Okay. Uh, so, but getting some help, getting some education about how do I follow a meal plan that is good for diabetes? Um, and then you know, getting, starting exercise, even if you're uh, walking 10 minutes a day, five days a week, I always tell people, if you were walking zero minutes, zero days a week before you were diagnosed, and now you're walking 10 minutes a day, five days a week, then that's a win for you. Okay. You're doing 10 times the amount of exercise you were ever doing before. Okay. Now we can't stay there. We want to add to that, but but starting an exercise program, getting some exercise, okay? Um, and then obviously, if you're on medication, taking that medication as prescribed. Uh, and then if you have any side effects of that medication or you're having any problems with that medication, don't just stop taking it. Don't go adjusting the dose on your own. Reach out to your provider who prescribed it and say, hey, I've been taking this medication for you know, two weeks now, and I'm really having this problem with it and let them work with you and help you. So, uh, but taking your medication as prescribed and then following up with your primary care provider, whoever's managing your diabetes, at least every three months or so, so that they can do lab work, so they can check on your diabetes and make sure that you're controlling your blood sugars, uh, because really that's the key. We talked about earlier those, those complications. 
Well, the key to preventing those complications is controlling your diabetes. And so it's so important as a patient, as a person with diabetes, that you take ownership uh, and that you do your part. I've always said to my patients that I need you to do your part. I'm going to do my part. But if you don't do your part, there is not enough medication in the world to control your diabetes. If you're going to go out and eat whatever you want, whenever you want, it's not going to happen. Uh, just because that's, again, such an important component to successfully managing diabetes. And so really, again, just maybe to even simplify that a little bit for people out there who are listening, if you have diabetes and you're not following a meal plan and you're not getting exercise, then I would say those are the two places you need to start, okay, uh, and get some guidance there, get some help there. Uh, because, you know, oftentimes people, when they're first diagnosed with diabetes, they're so overwhelmed by it all. They think I have to change everything all at one time. And that's simply not true. Or they think of diabetes as a big, long list of foods that I can't have. And it's not that either. Um, you know, like I said, I have a lot of people who will look at me when I say, well, providers, I speak at conferences and I do some diabetes uh, talks at those conferences. I have one tomorrow afternoon I'm doing. And I, this is what I'm talking about is diabetes. And again, one of the things that I'll talk about with them is, you know what, encourage your patients to start exercising. So even if it's 10 minutes, five days a week, well, that's only 50 minutes of exercise a week. That's not what the recommendations say. That's not what the guidelines say. We, no, that's fine. We're not going to leave you there. We're going to help you exercise more, but at least start somewhere. And so that would kind of be the other thing I would tell people out there who are listening with diabetes. Start somewhere. So say, you know what? I'm going to work on meal planning for the next three or four weeks. Then I'll start working on exercise. Take it just a bite at a time. Don't try to tackle all of it at one time. You're going to have plenty of time to learn everything you need to do and know to manage your diabetes. So start with a bite at a time. Just what you can do, but take ownership and do your part. Because honestly, if you do your part, it's going to require that your provider do less. You're not going to need as many medications. You're not going to need as much intervention from them if you're doing your part. So that's what I would tell you to do. Awesome. Well, that concludes um, our topic for this podcast. As always, thank you for joining us. Um, if you are struggling um, with uh, your weight and you do have type 2 diabetes. As, as always, A Way to Lose is here to help you. Um, you're welcome to reach out to us at awaytolose.net. But also, if you need diabetes coaching, if this is something you are struggling with and 
you feel lost and you need guidance to not only get you right on the, the get you on the right path, but to help you sustain that path. I highly encourage you to reach out to Dr. Ward. You're welcome to contact him through a way to lose his website, but also you can find him on social media at succeeding with diabetes. As, as so the website is Ward. just that succeeding with diabetes.com. So you can reach out to me through the website. You can reach out to me through Facebook. The Facebook page is the same name succeeding with diabetes. Uh, or you can reach out to me through email at succeeding with diabetes at Gmail. So if you can just remember succeeding with diabetes, you'll probably find me. Awesome. Well, thank you all again for joining us today. We hope you earned some valuable knowledge to help you um, make the right choices in your health and lifestyle. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode. We hope that you gained valuable insight that will help you along your journey. To learn more about our weight loss program and to schedule a free consultation, please check out our website at awaytolose.net. That is A-W-E-I-G-H-T-O-L-O-S-E.net. And don't forget to also download your free weight loss success guide today.